going to preach about being born again. But due to circumstances and really the Lord speaking to me in a powerful way, I decided I would look at Psalm 121, our call to worship. For I believe it's a wonderful psalm of hope in this time that we so much need hope in our lives. I lift up my eyes to the hills from where does my help come? My help comes from the Lord who made heaven and earth. He will not let your foot be moved. He who keeps you will not slumber. He who keeps Israel will neither slumber nor sleep. The Lord is your keeper. The Lord is your shade at your right hand. The sun shall not smite you by day nor the moon by night. The Lord will keep you from all evil. He will keep your life. The Lord will keep your going out and your coming in from this time on and forevermore. The word of God for the people of God. Let us pray. Dear Lord, open up our hearts that we may hear this psalm of ascension. We may understand what it means, this journey that we are on, to know that you have made all things possible. Lord, let us claim that promise. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. The other morning we got to call from Leanna in Kuwait. She was home. She was not at school. As you know, she is a school teacher teaching English in this foreign land. And the reason is they have quarantined major parts of Kuwait and her school was quarantined. So she gets to stay home for two weeks with her kitties. She has two kitties. We have opportunity in every circumstance we face. And as I looked at this psalm, I realized that God is moving in a powerful way through this song of praise. It's called a song of ascents. The reason is that scholars believe that this text was written for people to sing as they traveled up to Jerusalem. See, Jerusalem is on a mountain. It's called Mount Zion. And as pilgrims made their way to the temple in Jerusalem, they would often sing. So this psalm, Psalm 121, is a song for someone on a journey. And we are clearly on a journey. That first verse, I lift up my eyes to the hills. From where does my help come? Here the psalmist is saying to all of us on the journey, we're bound for a wonderful place, a place of great promise. In his day, it was that temple on top of Mount Zion. He lifts up his eyes to the hills. From where does my help come? And there comes the title of the sermon, The Helper. What does it mean? You know, we talked about Father Abraham in the scripture lesson. We spoke about how he was counted as righteous, not because of his works, but because of his faith. And none of us will enter into heaven because of our works, only by faith. And faith alone, that Jesus is the Christ. So where does our help come where does our faith come from? Where do we lift our eyes to find this help and faith that we need? Well, of course, we know the answer to that is Christ. But as we look at this psalm, we realize that this help is more than just believing. This help is knowing. And he says, my help comes from the Lord who made heaven and earth. In other words, God made everything 
that we can know, we will ever know, and all that we have ever known. God created the heavens and the earth. And the more we look into the distance of the universe and the more we look into the details of life, the more we see God is intricately involved in our lives. God has made it possible for us to be alive. What does it mean to be alive? Well, sitting still is not alive. That's another definition of death. Alive means you're going somewhere. You're going from one place to another. So what is that place we're going to? Here the psalmist says, My help comes from the Lord who made this heaven and earth. And he's making very clear that this is the case in our lives. Now, as you know, Hannah is going to seminary. She has taken the great professor, Dr. Will Willimon. He is a bishop of our church. He's retired and he's teaching there at the university. And I was reading his sermon on this psalm. And I fell in love with his sermon. He is a great preacher. He is a great man, a great scholar. I've known him for years and I know that he is a man of great wisdom and understanding. And as he writes about this, he says one of the most terrifying things in life is to be on the road and to need help a long way from home. And he talks about this journey that we're on. And I can tell you, it feels a long way from home right now in America. It feels a long way from home since I was a boy. Church isn't even what it used to be. People love to come to church. They love to sing. They love to praise God, and our society is a long way from home when it comes to coming home. Our help comes from the Lord who made heaven and earth. Sisters and brothers, I, I've been preaching for 34 years, and I've never had a pandemic on my hands, and I've never had a schism on my hands, and I've never had the frustration of people that I have right now on my hands like before. I've never seen anything like this that's going on right now. It's as if the very foundations of the world I've known are changing. And I guess that means, okay, boomer, I'm a boomer. And a lot of you are boomers. Now, not all of you are boomers. Some of you are millennials and Generation X. And y'all looking at me like, what's he talking about? You'll get to understand it in a minute when I get to that part. See, our God not only made the heavens and the earth, it says in the second verse, he will not let your foot be moved. He who keeps you will not slumber. Now what that means is you won't slip and fall. Our God keeps us from falling. Now some would say, well, we, we, uh, we fall anyway. No, we don't fall. We may, we, we may at times, we may teeter. But if we believe and trust in Jesus Christ as our personal Lord and Savior, if we hold to the promise that he has given to us, if we believe that he is Lord of Lords and King of Kings, I guarantee you your foot will not slip. And if your foot is slipping, it means you're not believing enough in Jesus. You're believing too much in the process instead of the Savior. And we got a lot of people right now that think the process will save them. And the process gets you nothing, only salvation. 
in Christ Jesus. So he will not let your foot be moved. He who keeps you will not slumber. He who keeps Israel will neither slumber nor sleep. See, our God doesn't sleep. Our God's awake 24-7. He's watching over us every single day, every single night. He is protecting us. He is putting a shield around us in this time that is so troubled. Now, sisters and brothers, we can't go back to Egypt. We don't want to go back to slavery. But we can go forward to Zion. We can set our eyes on the prize and there claim the promise that Jesus is the Christ and we live our lives in keeping of that. Years ago, I took a trip to the Adirondacks, the mountains in New York State. I went to go teach a class and it was during the hard, cold winter. And I remember I got up there and I saw the most snow I've ever seen in my life. I didn't know it snowed with snow drifts up to the roof of houses. I did not know that much snow existed, but there by the Great Lakes, those mountains in western New York, they get so much snow. And I went up there, and it was at this big hotel, and I was teaching, and I had a class to teach uh, different leaders of the church. And I remember that second day I was there, I started feeling bad. And then by the third day, I was so sick. And I didn't have really anybody around me that knew me or I didn't know them. And I was calling down to the desk to get medicine. And I was so sick. And by the fourth day, it was time to get ready. And the fifth day, I came back. And I do not even remember the trip. They say they took me and they put me on the airplane. And the first thing I remember was landing in Asheville, North Carolina and kind of waking up from this daze because I was so sick. And I remembered what it felt like to be so far from home and to be so sick. But it didn't bother Leanna. She just taking care of her cats. She's happy to have a new husband and a new life. And the truth is, she's closer to the home than I am. Because on this journey that I have been taking, many that I have walked with are no longer with me. And many you have walked with are no longer with you. They have gone on to be with God. They have gone on to the judgment. They are no longer here. We're told in the scripture that there's this great cloud of witnesses that is watching over us as we make this journey. And that's one of the great epiphanies I had in my spiritual life is the moment I realized my God is in motion and he's calling me to walk with him. Strike you by day, nor the moon by night. In other words, the, the Lord is calling us each and every day to walk with him as he helps us through the journey of life. And what does he do? He does what that great poem that you have read before and seen on the back of bulletins for services of death and resurrection. There's only one set of footprints in the sand because he's carrying you and he's carrying me through those hard times. And I believe right now our God is embracing us. 
and carrying us through this storm that we're in the middle of. Now things are going to get crazy. The storm is going to rage. The winds are going to blow. People are going to think the sky is falling. They're going to tell you it's the end of time and the end of days. You know, it's like the old guy was sitting on his porch. And he was rocking. And a man come by in a sports car. And there was a sign by the road that said the end is near. And the man driving a sports car, he laughed to himself and he hit the gas and zoomed on. And then he realized the bridge was out and he went right over. <laughs> See, the end is near. But it's not the end that uh, you know, people think. It's not some philosophical end. It's not some theological end, though that day of judgment is rapidly approaching. The end is near of yesterday. And tomorrow is happening. And that's where I'll deal with these young people. Let's look at this. The Lord will keep your going out and your coming in from this time on and forevermore. Now, some of you are just coming into life, right? Oh, you're saying, I'm 15, I'm 16, I'm 17. I, I don't know how old you are. But some of you are saying, I'm just coming into life, right? You got school ahead of you, you got education, you got relationships, maybe, you know, marriage, paying taxes. Some of us are going. That's what it says here. Some are going out and some are coming in. I don't know when it happened to me, but I started realizing that I'm coming home. Perhaps when my parents passed. Perhaps when I moved to Spring Hill. But I realized I'm coming in. I'm not going out anymore. I can't change the world. The world cannot be changed. The world is sinful. It's broken. It's a sad place. But what I can do is offer Christ in the midst of the storm. See, he says the Lord will keep your going out and your coming in. And God hadn't abandoned us. God hasn't turned his back on us. God hasn't said there's no need to worry about that person. God hasn't said I'm going to invest in those that are going out instead of those that are coming in. And I can tell you the same fear that grips the child that goes on the journey is the same fear that grips the adult who comes home and it's no longer the same. Some of you know what I mean. You've seen that old tree in the yard that you remember as a child that used to be so giant and be so large and now you realize that tree is not the tree it used to be. You know what I'm talking about. This mortality that we face, this limited life that we're given, God only gives us a few short years to have the love and to have hope and to have all these things. And we say, Lord, why did you give me this? And then it's taken away and we're facing our own death. But what I want to say is where are you going? Where are you going? Are you going to Zion? Are you going to his home? In fact, Psalm 122, the next psalm, describes the temple as a home. And somewhere along the way, our theology got messed up in the church. And we started thinking this is a temple instead of God's home. 
This is God's home. This is God's candle. This is God's cross. This is God's lighting of candles. This is God's table. This is God's candlestick. This is God's choir. Right here. Y'all belong to God. You got no individuality. You belong to God. You sing for God. You sing for His glory. Every Sunday, you're called to do that. You're called to deliver that. You are God's children. Oh, you don't belong to this world. You belong to God. Oh, your mom and daddy got you right now, and they're going to make you obey the rule. But you belong to God. The day's going to come. You're going to be on your own. And it's going to be God Almighty in you. And believe me, you can face anything and everything with God on your side. You belong to God. We belong to God as the church of Jesus the Christ. We're not going to let some little fight and some little schism stop us from doing what God wants us to do. Have, have mercy on us, Lord. For thinking we're going to get lost in the midst of all this noise that's happening around us. Because we're on this journey and we're not alone. We are together and God will not let us stumble. He will keep us on task. He will keep us towards the destination he has called us to be. When I read Dr. Willimon's sermon, I was just so filled with the education that he has and the teachings and realizing that we are facing so much in life and we are facing this in a way that's unprecedented. But here's what I know. And it's all I really can know. For who am I but a simple servant? Jesus said this. Lo, I am with you always, even until the end of the age. So he sent to us on the day of Pentecost the Holy Spirit. And that Holy Spirit protects us and holds us to judgment. None of us can stand. We all have sinned. We all have fallen short of the glory of God. We need forgiveness, O oh Lord. Forgive us, we pray. Keep us from all evil, O oh Lord, and keep our lives that we may live it in the way that you see fit. And take my life and let it be consecrated, Lord, for thee. Take my doing and my going and my coming and let it be for your glory. So what does that mean? This psalm that is a song going up the mount. I can tell you, I've been up the mount. And I've seen over into the promised land. And I've seen it's beautiful. It's a land flowing with milk and honey. It's a land that God has given to you and to me. And I can tell you, it's all worth it. It's all worth it, this life you live and the struggles you have. So you fight the good fight and you run the good race. And you know that God who is keeping our going out and our coming in is with us now and forevermore. Because here's what's going to happen. This postmodern world we're living in that thinks there's no God and thinks there's no truth and thinks there's no justice and thinks there's no mercy and thinks there's only war and division and criticizing and condemning and beating each other down. This world that is so evil in so many ways that every day we're inundated with this storm of tyranny, of hatred, of malice, of discontent. 
My Lord, this preacher is going to preach hard through this storm, isn't he? <laughs> because I know nothing else to do. Because I want to sing when I get to that mountain. I want to sing when I get to that mountain. And Lord, let my life be that song. So when it all happens, I don't know when the quarantine's coming, but it's coming. I know one preacher on the West Coast said it was going to stop in a miraculous way. By the way, send him money, he said. <laughs> if you want to, that's your choice. I can't tell you what to do. It's not my job to tell you what to do, but I would say, love the ones you with. Help the ones that are walking with you on the journey. My God's got a great plan, but the day is coming when this too shall pass. And then we're going to be on to something else. You children, you don't need to worry. You're going to have Social Security. You're going to have a long and prosperous life. You're going to have a day you fall in love. You're going to have a day you dance with your children. You're going to have all these things. Nobody's taking that from you, and no one can give it to you except the Lord Almighty. And you'll remember the words of this man who's coming in instead of going out. You'll remember that the mountain is worth it. Let us pray. Dear Lord, open up our hearts to this Mount Zion that you call us to, where Abraham offered his son Isaac a sacrifice, but you did not allow that, for that was not the sacrifice that saves men's souls. Lord, you held that sacrifice for your own son that we may claim the promise. And our Jesus has defeated sin, has defeated death. And he calls us to come home to him in a room that is, has been prepared. Lord, give us the promise that we may have the hope. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Our final hymn is hymn number 98, To God Be the Glory.